I came to work one day and I noticed I was low man on the totem pole. I, they literally had my name on the board at the bottom. I knew that I had gone to two years of college. Uh, I was upset. And matter of fact, some of the guys who were higher up on the board, uh, I had to help them. I had more uh, tech knowledge, okay? I was actually a really sharp tech. I also already had wiring experience before I got into air conditioning. I knew I was a sharp, skilled technician. Why is my name at the bottom? That's where it started. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again as we celebrate another week in the new year. And Brian, it's already starting off good. We've already had a teamwork podcast, and now we're ex- we are inviting Gary Singleton to be joining us to talk about the off season. That's right, talking about training, getting better, um, becoming a, the best version of yourself or a better version of yourself. Um, when I guess for the HVAC people out there, that would be in the shoulder seasons, but for everybody out there, that would be in your downtime. And the thing we like to teach. Uh, or at least promote on this show is the windshield time. Mm-hmm. Yep, MVU, My Vehicle University. Getting your degree from MVU. I seem to recall a podcast that we had about that. It was that us? Was that Mister James Freeze? That was the main man, James Freeze, Frosty, as my kids call him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, and that was a great podcast to go back and listen to. But this one's going to be a good one too, as we're focusing on Gary Singleton. Uh, he is one of those uh, truck to desk CEO stories in HVAC. Yeah, desk. How many horsepower does that desk have? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> let me double check on that. 599 maybe. Uh, we'll to, you know, we need, a, we need a statistician in here. We need a researcher that we can ask these questions and get those answers. Yeah, Rogan has that. Yes. Jamie. Yeah. yeah. What's, like, I'm sure his budget and our budget are probably in the, you know, close. Turns out we got a guy. Mike, you want to look that up for us, buddy? He said give him one second. <laughs> this is great podcasting. Yep. It's, it's almost like live TV. We don't even have some Jeopardy music cued where we can do like a... <laughs> this would be a great time to roll to our sponsors. Go. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Waste of Time. If you have an employee that's wasting your time right now, call 1-800-WASTE-NO-DAY. 553. I was 553 close. 553 horses. I was close, right? We'll, we'll let Gary talk about what kind of desk he's sitting behind with 553 horses. He's going to talk about that and much more. And it's what we wanted to have him on here because he has a lot of experience, not only in his own. He's literally one of those rags, the richest stories, like I said, where he has decades in the field, but he also is now giving back by doing training and by doing coaching to businesses, technicians, and managers. One of the things that uh, we happened to hop right over as we were discussing quite a few things in the introduction here is our quote. So, Brian, let's hear from that. Every life form seems to strive to its maximum capacity 
except human beings. How tall will a tree grow? As tall as it possibly can. Human beings, on the other hand, have been given the dignity of choice. You can choose to be all, or you can choose to be less. Why not stretch up to the full measure of the challenge and see what all you can do? Jim Rome. Oh, I like that. Are you saying that six foot six is in my future? Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. No. <laughs> Just no. barely made five six, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here's hoping. Uh, no, I do like that quote, though, Brian, and it is true that uh, we, we do have the ability to stun ourselves in many ways, you know, to grow in the shade. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we actually enjoy or choose to do that to our own detriment. We're the, we're the one species that, you know, unlike a tree, we can decide how much quote-unquote sunlight we get. We can decide how much water we get. And I'm not speaking in H2O, but in terms of nutrition in our ears and how much, you know, motivational and inspirational and educational stuff we take in that we can grow from. We get to decide how much we grow and far too many of us decide just not to. And we decide not to because it's, it's just easier not to. No other reason. It is easier. And that's why we host this podcast, Brian, because we constantly want to be pressing against the, the easy out, the laziness, the lesser man that resides inside of us. And that's why we do this every week because we want to encourage you to grow. We want to encourage you to actually choose to be in the sun, to choose to water yourself, even if it hurts, even if it's a little painful, even if it's a little uncomfortable. And more than anything, we want you to inspire someone else to get into the trades. Absolutely. And this is a, this is a true, uh, I don't know if it was rags to riches, but certainly um, riches story, not riches to riches. And it was straight through the trades. There's, there was no detour for Gary. I had some very good conversation with him over a long weekend and know quite a bit about his story. It's a great story for anyone who's looking for direction right now. And if you're, if you're out there not really sure what you should be doing with your life, especially as a late teen, early 20, um, but it doesn't really matter what age. If you don't have any direction, you don't know what to do or where to go, Check out plumbing, check out HVAC, check out electrical, check out welding, whatever the, in the skilled trades and see what we have to offer. And I want to say for all those of you who are already in the trades, um, there's no time like the present to turn it around for the better right now. You have all the opportunity in the world to make yourself better as a plumber, electrician or HVAC tech. That and more is what we're going to be talking to Gary Singleton about. And so without any further ado, let's put him in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Gary Singleton. He started as a helper at the age of 19 in the HVAC industry and worked his way up to service manager within five years. He then started and grew a profitable company with over 40 employees, recently made an eight-figure exit, and stayed on as an acting CEO and consultant to take that company to now $50 million. With that, welcome to the show, Gary. Well, thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Gary, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, Gary and I met on a trip um, to, well, a trip we all met up in Florida uh, through Gene Slade, uh, hanging out with Gene and Gary Cox and, a, and a, uh, probably a dozen or so business owners and general managers, I would say, um, of HVAC and plumbing companies. 
And Mike, um, who's my counterpart here, we managed the three businesses together here. Um, Mike and I spent quite a bit of time with Gary and really enjoyed your company and a lot of the cool things you had to say about, um, you know, running a business and managing people. And we, excuse me, we had a lot of things in common and thought it'd be a great idea to get you on the show to, to, uh, talk about some of that stuff with everybody. We floated a lazy river together. (laughs) Not everybody can say that. Did that too. (laughs) I've not spent a lot of time in lazy rivers. Uh, About 60% of the time I have Gary Singleton was there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Awesome, Gary. Well, Hey, we always love to learn a little bit about uh, the guests that we have on the show. And so why don't you start by telling us how you got into this crazy business and what you're doing now? Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is good practice for me. I'm going to stand up in front of some high school kids pretty soon and give them the same kind of thing. So for me, I, um, you know, I was always a little bit ADD. I was, uh, you know, had a lot of energy. And after trying a couple of jobs like a warehouse, I just couldn't fathom spending, you know, not even a, not even a year, but not even a month uh, in the same four walls doing the same thing. So I got a chance to ride with a tech and that was definitely for me, you know, different job every day, several different jobs per day. And, um, it just, it was very appealing. And, you know, at that time I had no idea the kind of money you can make in the, in the trades at that time. To be honest, I thought, you know, I had already missed out on college. Uh, hopefully I can find something where I won't be broke my whole life. Little did I know, you know, where the trades could take you, but, um, I started the hard way. I went to college for it for two years and, uh, started for uh, back in those days. What one model that was very popular was a subcontract commission only type of company. Um, just in the late eighties and early nineties is when I began. That was a very common model. Well, you learn, uh, you learn how to sell yourself very quick at those kind of companies, you know, uh, it, it gave me a lot of good experience with different customers and, um, uh, it, it taught me how to sell ethically. And what I mean by that is these companies back then, some of them were filled with, uh, guys that would even sabotage units just to make a commission. And I didn't believe in that. I never have, um, from day one, when I was a child, you know, I didn't get away with any kind of dishonesty. It's just, it's just not in my ethics and it's something I would never get away with anyway. Right. So, uh, you learn real quick at one of those kind of companies. And I've been able to bring that, um, you know, to our own team and show them, you know, how to sell perceived value to people. And I'll go into that in a minute. Uh, but since then I'll try to shorten the story. I've had 34 years now and I've gone from a maintenance tech all the way to uh, CEO and I've recently, you know, uh, encountered a merger and acquisition partner that really wanted to, really liked our brand and wanted to buy in and keep me at the helm. And uh, so, you know, now I kind of, kind of feel like I have the dream job. Um, not a ton of stress. I'm actually being paid to use my expertise to to help train managers and techs and bring people together. Nice. That does sound uh, excellent and, and also so needed. 
And one of the things that's not unique about your story, but is still awesome every time that we hear it, is the ability to go from truck to CEO, literally within one company or by starting your own company. And like that's that's such a unique thing in the trades that there is that ladder system that can take you really wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And there, there is, there is. That's that's one of the beautiful things about the trades too is there's truly no dead-end job. Depending on where you work, there's, there's really no dead-end job. And even, even if there is an end at where you work, it's not like you, you can learn to be a great HVAC tech and never advance because, you know, the owner of the company is the manager and every other position above you. You can just walk across the street and get a job at another HVAC company if you're a great tech. There's a... Uh, way more demand than supply when it comes to good technicians in, in the uh, trades these days. Well, you're absolutely right. Now, as an owner, that's something we hate to see, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you want your guys to stay with you. But the truth is, if you're a technician and you're, you don't see a value or a future, you, you might be at the wrong company. Now, listen, I would cover for some owners out there and say, first – Go to your owner. Go to the owner of the business and, 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 and give them a chance to, to voice your opinion. You know, give them a chance to maybe explain to you they do have plans for growth and future plans for you. And, you know, I would have to give that a plug to the, the owners out there. Um, hey, give, give those guys a shot. But the truth is, yeah, if you're at a company that's not taking you anywhere, you're in high demand. Not only can you go anywhere in town, you can – really go anywhere in the country. Yeah, we're fortunate enough to be part of a, a network of companies, as you know, uh, the one hour Benjamin Franklin and Mr. Sparky. And we had a, we had one of our plumbers come and just tell me he was he's considering moving to Florida because his wife wanted to be around family of hers. And he, he's a plumber with us. We, we called a Benjamin Franklin company where he wanted to move, and he had a job when he got there. And you, you wouldn't necessarily need us to do that, but that is pretty much the way it works. Plumbing is plumbing and HVAC is HVAC. Yes, and that's, that's something I just learned, you know, probably only in the last decade after joining a best practice group and you meet other companies from around the country. I had no idea that comfort advisors and selling technicians can do millions a year in states like North Dakota in air conditioning. Really? I didn't even know they had it there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that until now. You know, right. So I used to think I had to stay where it was hot, you know, a long time ago. I have learned, no, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of Northern states uh, do sell air conditioning. They just sell a little more heating, but uh, the air conditioning is used for other things up there, such as, you know, humidity removal and, and uh, to some extent, air quality. Um, so yeah, it's, it's in high demand everywhere. That's good to hear. And we always know that the trades is in high demands everywhere. In fact, uh, we continually are finding young people coming out of high schools and colleges or no school at all that are looking for an opportunity. And there's such a demand for, uh, skilled labor in the trades that we have positions to beat the band for them. Yes, Absolutely. So you said you started out as a maintenance tech. Can you explain what you meant by maintenance tech? So, again, I was telling you a model of company that I really didn't like that well. They were all subcontract. 
And their biggest nature was just preventive maintenance. Back then, these companies would have big rooms full of telemarketing teams, 30 to 50 people cold calling all day long just to do preventive maintenance only. These guys really weren't in any um, quality-driven company. They didn't do much demand repairs, uh, meaning they, they weren't most people's go-to AC guy. Uh, they generally subbed you out 1099 with no benefits. As well, they generally required you to either bring your own truck and tools or rent a company truck from them. I, I just didn't think it was a good model. Um, what it did do, though, it was a hard way, but it really taught you to dig in your, on your own and really learn not just repairs but sales. I don't think it's the best way. It's the way that I was handed, right? Uh, today, I would definitely, you know, if a guy's getting out of school, do yourself a favor. You're going to get hired. Don't feel desperate. Know your worth, okay? You're, you just got done with AC tech training. You need to know we all want you, okay? So go around to multiple companies. The, the first two you see may not be looking for maintenance tech, okay? But I would certainly look for a shop that has good in-house training. Hopefully, they have a training room. Hopefully, training is part of their culture and something they do regularly. You want that because you want to climb the ladder. You want to see that you can, um, you know, have somewhere to go. So, at our company, we do this by design, okay? You know, about 10 years ago when it became difficult, you know, we're short technicians these days. It became difficult to find good talent. Um we structure our company so you come in as a maintenance tech, uh, level two maintenance tech. There's kind of a lead in there, for instance, maintenance tech. And you can start day one. It doesn't require tons of skill as a new guy, you know, cleaning and maintenancing and replacing belts. And you already have some value right out of this school. See? So that is uh, a, a good structure. Then you graduate to level two tech, level one tech, senior tech, and so forth. So those are good companies because they're generally going to have good training and they plan on seeing you advance. That's a, that's a great concept, Gary. And that's something that of course we're trying to model that as well here uh, where we work. Uh, and really it's, 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 um, it's sort of like the graduate course, you know, from trade school. Uh, and you certainly want to be part of a company that's going to be challenging you into the future. I mean, this is a career that has decades worth of opportunities in it. And so why not get better along the way? Right. That's right. Well, getting better is something that I know is near and dear to your heart, especially as you've moved into the role where you're pretty much doing that, uh, uh, for technicians or managers or other companies. And so I wanted to jump in there a little bit about, um, how you're motivating people it is the beginning of a new year for us and for everybody. And so, you know, it, and for those of us in the northern side of the country, it's also winter. And so uh, we have a bit of cold weather and the winter blues, you might say. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe coming out of Christmas, we have a little bit of the holiday blues or maybe we have some of the credit card bill statement blues. Uh, and so we're all kind of struggling to get motivated a little bit. I mean, uh, we're a little bit past New Year's resolutions. It's been more than 10 days, so uh, it's time to call those what they were, which was aspirational goals. Uh, but And now it's time to actually sit back and say, all right, what are we going to do to get ourselves out of this rut? Or what are we going to do to make 2022 different? 
Where do you start, Gary? Well, you know, I, I, I think it can vary depending on the part of the country. You know, we're in the southern uh, central region of the U.S. So here in Texas, this is uh, a little bit of breather before the crazy time. We know in March we're going to start doing tune-ups, and then here comes summer. Summer kind of comes around April, mid-April to early April here in Texas. So um, it's not hard. It's, it, you know it's around the corner. You know, I usually tell our guys, if there's any home projects you need to get knocked out, anything done with your personal life or your personal vehicles or whatever it may be, you know, this is a great time to knock that out. And then February, uh, any training you're, you're looking to have, any tools you're looking to upgrade, prepare, get ready. Because, of course, in most of the southern states, that first warm day, it hits with a bang and it doesn't let up. <laughs> right. So the positive energy is easy to come by here. You know, it's like a nice little break right before the big busy season and what some of us also call the big money season, of course. Um, so other parts of the country, it's hard to say. I haven't worked in some other parts of the country. But, you know, the, the motivation is take advantage of the downtime. I, I remember one of my first employers telling me that don't sweat the slow season. It's, I promise it's going to get busy again. Just know it's coming. It feels like the end of the world when it's slow and there may not be many calls to run, but it will come back. Take advantage of the downtime, even if it's just rest for yourself that you need. You know, uh, Stay positive. Positive energy is a very big thing, not just in business, but in life. You know, It, it truly is. Know, know that you're uh, a tradesman. You're in demand. And on it, we recently discovered you know, you're also essential. I mean, some beautiful things about the trade, uh, trades, you know, we have gone right on through charging forward full-time employees. Um, you know, no one's getting laid off. No one's lo- taking less money on their paycheck through all this. Uh, so we're even kind of, uh, recession and pandemic proof, if you will. Heard that. So Gary, I, I, what you're talking about there is very much like the off season for uh, an athlete, right? You know, in baseball, it's, it's right now and spring training's coming around the corner or in football, you have uh, another month or so, and then, then it'll be off season until August. <clears throat> and it's the athletes that continue to train during the off season that hit the ground running most when the season returns or when spring, spring break, or it's not spring break, spring camp uh, comes back. And so, what what are your what are some common or or practical suggestions for plumbers, electricians, HVAC technicians to stay in condition? You might say during the off season. Yeah, that's a good one. So here again, I'll direct it to here in the south. Definitely exercise, physical activity, and I say that because it, it, it it's really important to be honest with you. I noticed even as a younger guy. To go from really taking it easy, if you will, to 10, 12, sometimes 14-hour drooling days in the heat and carrying stuff again, that can really take its toll on the body. So I definitely say, really, literally, do some off-season training. I preach to my family all the time. Exercise fixes nine out of ten things that's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. not exercising, you should be. So, <clears throat> but in addition to that, Back when I was younger, it, of, course, of course, it was a little harder. I'm 53 now, so I'm quickly becoming one of the old guys, right? That happened fast, man. <laughs> but 
you know, I I would get the big, thick, two-and-a-half-inch uh, book that the schools had. Most of you guys have seen it. It was the uh, air conditioning and heating technology book, sort of the, the, the go-to book for AC guys. And that was a heavy read for me. Okay, I wasn't a big-time book reader when I was younger. So uh, a book that's two-and-a-half to three inches thick, uh, I'm not even going to knock that out in one off-season, right? So I would always go back to that and try to learn where I could increase my skill. And of course, you had mentioned earlier branching from technician to owner. That was also the one year I poured over real heavy during that downtime. I made great use of that downtime by studying for the state license test. And I, I did manage to get all that done before the busy season. And then I used my vacation back then. You had to go to Austin, Texas, which is a three hour drive for me and take the test. So you know, it was a little more of a commitment a long time ago to become licensed. And that's one year, just one off season. That's what I did with it. Yeah. Brian just pulled out uh, his copy of the international plumbing code and uh, blew off the dust and then promptly returned it back to its location. I threw it in the garbage can actually. (laughs) (laughs) I did though. It's a 2009. I'm guessing there's an updated one since then, but who knows? (laughs) You know, the plumbing code that just any code book has got to be some of the lamest read. That's uh, mine's dusty too. It, it really doesn't get any worse than that, does it? Nope. Okay, so I, I get it. Uh, certainly the exercise piece is one thing that we can focus on, and I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, nothing like a, a nice brisk walk or a run or pumping some iron or something like that to clear the mind and kind of refresh the spirit a little bit. Uh, and then some mental, some mental stimulation as well, you know, getting into some books or some uh, – uh, refreshing yourself on best practices, maybe watching some YouTube videos or catching a training here and there. What about from the customer interaction piece? How can we refine our skills in terms of being in front of a client when maybe not all of us are running as many calls a day right now? You know, maybe we're taking some half days or we're taking some extra vacation or the boss is saying, hey, you can have this Friday off or whatever. And so we're not getting that regular flow of uh, our, our customer interaction. How can we prepare for the the uh, upcoming training season? Well, of course, <clears throat> what, what we and prob- probably you as well try to do is off-season is also a great time that, that many of us owners will try to put our tech into some training, you know, some legit training. Um, you know, we both mentioned, of course, I believe we met with Gene Slade, as you mentioned earlier, and uh that guy's a really good one. I believe it was this off season, uh, somewhere between January and February that I sent my first two guys to Florida to put in front of Gene. Uh, and to address the question though, uh, one of the things I truly like about him as a trainer, listen, there's a lot of good trainers that I know his to me. I'm, I, I don't know if he listens to this, but this is what I really see of the biggest value to him. That guy can communicate. You're mentioning communicating with customers. He will teach you how to repronounce your words even. And, you know, who would have thought that plays a role in being an air conditioning technician? Gene will show you that it does. And he's right. He's right. Um, I, I tell our guys all the time, one of the best things you can do is make the customer feel like you are the best service person they've ever had on the property. And, if you do that, you're really not selling anything, okay? They're buying from you. <clears throat> Most customers, <clears throat> excuse me, look at a technician 
whether you realize it or not, we get in the habit of going to the door, ringing the doorbell, bringing your tools in. Okay, you need to understand what the customer's doing, okay? They're looking at you very quickly within about the first minute and trying to size you up. Are you legit? Are you a sharp tech? Are you going to do a good job or a sloppy job? Are you honest or dishonest? Am I scared of you or do I feel comfortable around you? All these thoughts go through a customer's mind instantly when right there at their door, okay? And a lot plays into that. And you should be learning about this in the off season. Um, your body language, you know, um, how, how you hold your hands when you talk to somebody, the way you pronounce your words, eye contact. That really sells you very quickly. You can make or break a customer relation right there in those first couple of minutes in the door. And I've been teaching my guys that for a long time. Gene teaches it like nobody else does. Uh, one thing I didn't do is have my guys learn how to repronounce words, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, mean, and, can you, can you, uh, can you go into a few of the words that he taught you to uh, change your pronunciation of? I mean, I know he does um, <clears throat> like full sentences and, you know, we had him out here to train, which is why we ended up going to see him in Florida. But um, I was trying to think of words that he had people pronounce different. I couldn't come up with any. Oh, you just named one sentences. Okay. In Texas, we say sentences. You're right. You know, he'll have you say, no, it's sentences. Make those T's pronounced, you know, and the D at the end pronounced, you know, um, especially in the South, you know, we do kind of have a draw, if you will, that <clears throat> obviously people in Northern States, you're from the South, aren't you? You know, um, and he'll have you change that, uh, especially anything with T's in the middle. He'll have you pronounce those properly, you know, and um, that does matter because the customer right away, if you sort of have a, a Southern hit kind of accent to you, as opposed to an articulate way of speaking, you're already showing that customer. I, I'm a fairly, in, you know, well, excuse me, if you have the more pronounced, you're showing that customer that you have a, you're fairly well educated. You know, it's just what it says to people, right? Perception is everything. And so that is something to learn is what are your mannerisms? Maybe look at yourself in the mirror. What is your mannerisms uh, when you're first speaking with a customer? So you know, some of these guys, <clears throat> myself included, when we're in high school hanging with our boys or whatever it is you call it nowadays, we, we've been grown into the habit of just kind of how we speak to our friends. And a lot of these guys coming out of school still sort of have that habit. We see it all the time with, with younger guys. And so, uh, yeah, learning to speak to somebody that's a stranger that might be uncomfortable, uncomfortable with you, you know, that, that's very important. Well, speaking of being uncomfortable, one of the, the toughest pieces of being in the home services industry is walking into a stranger's house in the first five minutes of that call. In fact, I like to, I like to look at that and say that is the most intentional, most engaged time of the call that everybody is in, right? The homeowner is well aware that you are there. You, of course, are trying to introduce yourself as a brand new person in the home. And, you know, here we go, right? So, how have you found success over all your years of either doing it yourself or training or observing others? How have you found the, the key factors or ingredients to, to have the best experience in that first five minutes of stepping in the home? Well, I was very self-taught, but, uh, 
I had really strict parents, so I guess it came easy to me, right? <laughs> um, I did pay attention to um, the customer, honestly. I noticed when I first started suggesting items that a customer could really benefit from, and I got a no. Well, why? I, I left feeling not defeated, but um, definitely wanting to know why are they not trusting me? What I'm telling them is true. Their unit really could use this hard start kit. That motor really is wearing out, and they didn't do it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> pardon me, it boils down to they they something in their mind wasn't sure about you, you know? So you do need to realize everything is important from where you park your truck. The minute you pull up, if you parked in their driveway, well, you're a little brave and arrogant to some people, right? Um, no, you want to park in front of their house respectfully, not blocking their mailbox, not blocking someone else's driveway. You know, that, that really does mean something to some people. Uh, where you park your vehicle, does sure. Uh, they want to be able to see it. Uh, you, you know the name of the company. Um, they don't want you walking on their lawn. Use their use their pathways. You know, grass is a big deal to some people. You know, um, stand respectfully back in the door. You use a smile and make eye contact. Using using eye contact is certainly something that is unfortunately not commonplace. It's, it's not really taught anymore, and and that makes me sound old, I guess, but. It is still a sign of respect. And considering that most homeowners are of the generation that still in, interprets eye contact as respect or as truthfulness, mm -hmm. you, you have to conform to that. And I teach my guys to spend about 30 seconds only, specifically only about 30 seconds, be, being very friendly with a smile and, and some light conversation. If you, spot something in their house that you can relate to, mention it quickly, but don't go too far. There's a fine line there. And then you want to, and I make them look in the mirror and, and focus on this. You want to go quickly to a serious, uh, lose the smile, all about business look and say, okay, here's what I'm here for. You don't want to spend too long being friendly. They won't take you serious. Uh, but you do need to give them a little time of friendly to let their guard down. And all those things are important. And by the way, feel free to cut the eight uh, off if need be, Nate. I do tend to over-explain things. <laughs> no, not at all. This is great. And this this is exactly so, what we need to be reminded about during the off-season, right? Because I, we had a, we had a guest on last year, uh, Jason Walker, if you're familiar with him. And, uh, he, yeah, he was, he, was talk, right. he was talking about having a process and how basically you get into a process and then you start cutting it to pieces and you slowly start whittling it down and – you don't do the full process anymore. You start, you know, kind of getting a 95% and then a 90%. And, and before you know it, you're down to a lazy 80, right? And then you're mm -hmm. at 70%. And, and as time goes on, you realize like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing as good as I used to, or I'm not getting quite the results or people don't seem to be as interested in what I'm talking about. And you have to ask yourself why? Well, a fair amount of the answer could absolutely be, that you have shortcutted your process down to something that is a, is a mere shadow of what it used to be. And so I, I think the, right. the off season in many ways is your time to reevaluate what exactly am I supposed to be doing in the home? What exactly uh, is my process? Have I written it out? Do I stick to it? What happens if somebody tries to bump me out of it? 
all these things are important to consider right now when everything's a little bit slower or, or, you know, we're about ready to ramp up into some busy time. Now is the time to be focusing on that point by point. You know, and it's one of the most important things. This is truly what I teach our guys as far as sales training. Okay. Sales can be a four or maybe a five letter word (laughs) to many guys. At one time it was to me too. I don't want to sell. I want to fix air conditioners. Once I learned how to properly sell, and that's key term, properly sell, okay, uh, it truly enhanced my life all the way around. What I mean was I used to be shy about asking girls on dates. I uh, used to not be good at trying to return things without a receipt. I always got a no. When I really honed my selling skill with HVAC, it truly did benefit other areas of my life all the way around. I mean, it, I, I teach our team that. Learning to sell is not a bad thing. You may not want to, but you will realize it will enhance your life. And, you know, I I can give a great example when I say sell yourself. Okay, I have a pool guy that was cheap, 89 bucks. He wasn't very good. He drove a crummy truck. He sometimes showed up. Some days he didn't. Some days he was hungover. Some days my pool turned green. Got sick of it and tried a company that was 189 okay, more than double the price showed up in a wrap truck, clean cut, clear eyed, even good looking kid, uh, very well versed. And of course, what did I say to him? Well, you know, I like what you're saying. He also lined out everything he's going to do to make my pool a better swimming experience. Right. But you're more than double Mr. New pool guy. And he blew me right out of the saddle using my own words. Okay. He said, yeah, but you're not happy with your last guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been said the exact same thing when I was more with air conditioning repairs uh, to a customer that was calling me after using, you know, uh, Chuck in a truck. And I said, okay, boom, you got me. I've actually said that a hundred dozen times. So I gave him a shot. So, okay, to shorten this story, 189. And, and the first thing the guy did was mention things that were wearing out. Hey, your Polaris needs new tires. Hey, you got a seal leaking. Okay, we'll see. So I went home and sure enough, he was right. And the other guy never did that. You know, my pool sometimes turned green. Ultimately, what I want is a blue pool every time I go to get in it. Um, so I approved those things. And as the time went by, it got to where it was no longer a phone call. It was a text. And every time they suggested it, uh, not only were they right, but hey, guess what? My pool is always spotless, crystal clear every time I look at it. These guys are doing great. Now, to this day, I really, I don't even know what they charge. I've told my, my, the girl that pays my bills, just pay the bill. They've been doing my pool 10 years. Every time they say I need something, I do. And you know what? My pool has always been clear and blue. And uh, yeah, I don't even know what they charge anymore. The point of that story is that's what you want your air conditioning customers to be. I trust this guy so much. I know, I know he's, he's doing what needs to be done. I know my pool is going to be ready for swimming anytime I want it. I don't even really look at the money. He, I'm getting a value. Uh, and yeah, he was more than double of my last guy, but he's giving me what I want. Right. And this is where you need to take, that's what I mean by selling yourself. You need to make make that customer feel like you're the best value they've ever had there. You're the sharpest tech. You're not going to miss those little things that may break in the future. 
you've got their back, you know? Um, and when you get a customer there, you really aren't selling anymore. You're, you're recommending and suggesting and they don't, you know, they're not going to deny the, the repair. They're not going to decline it. Yeah. That, and that's not just where you want your customers to be. That is, or it is where you want your customers to end up, but you have to start off with technicians who, who have two things going on. One, like the pool technician only, only recommend something if it needs to be done. And then number two, always recommend something if it needs to be done. And <laughs> That's right. that can be the, that can actually be the biggest issue you can run into with hiring and training. It's rare that we, we just have a plethora of technicians that we have to back off from recommending too many things. Um, nine out of 10 techs that you have in trucks the biggest challenge you have is they don't, they don't recommend everything that needs to be recommended. They're shy, you know, they're technical, they're not, um, huge on communication. Um, as a rule, probably more introverted than extroverted in the trades. And you really have to teach them to get through that and move past that to where not necessarily something's broken, but if it would benefit the customer, if they would enjoy their pool more, if they would get cooler air in the room they spend the most time in, if, you know, they could have cleaner water or hot water faster or showers that last longer or what have you, you know, lights that come on in the stairway next to the toddler's room when she walks down the stairs at night instead of, you know, falling down the stairs because it's dark whatever trade we're talking about, we have to have technicians and trucks who will go into the home and, and own that house while they're there and say, these are things that I thought you could benefit from, whether it's something that's broken well, or not. Yeah. And that really helps. Like it, it, the technician is, a bit, is able to make some kind of commission. You know, they do, a lot of companies do have performance pay only. I don't know if, uh, if the one hour, uh, models do that, uh, still or not. Um, we do what I call hybrid. So at our company, we do a little bit lower hourly pay, but we also pay 5% of tickets and then 10% of IQ. And then we spit for leads to sell systems. So there's a lot of commissions there. A lot of guys make as much on commissions as they do hourly. Uh, but whether you're hybrid like we are or full, uh, performance pay, um, it's better. It's more challenging. And like I mentioned a few minutes ago, you're going to enhance your life when you learn how to do this. I was that tech that my exact response was this. If I wanted to sell, I would work for a car dealership selling cars because I like cars better. Uh, that was just a mental block I had. Because the truth is, once I did force myself to learn sales, it did. My, my first wife, that's how I met her. I, she passed away, but that's how I met her was um, I, I had the you know, from learning to sell, I came out of my shell. I came out of that, what you were saying, shyness. I'd overcome it. Um, and, and was able to ask the pretty girl that I just met, uh, you know, in a store parking lot, you know, on a date. And I was able to return that item without a receipt, you know, and I did wind up making more friends easier and making more sales at work. You know, it really, truly, that's what, what, what I want to express to younger techs is it truly is a life enhancement. Learning to sell, but don't block it out of your mind. Yeah, we want to fix air conditioning. We like working in with our hands. But you can do that. 
you'll still be doing that. Matter of fact, you'll be doing more of it if you're selling more items, right? So Gary, what, what exactly was the fundamental difference or, or what was it that made that switch change? Or, or maybe it was more than one thing that took you from that shy guy <laughs> to, you know, that fly guy. Well, that's a real big answer for me. So again, you know, uh, some of these guys are probably born around the time I started doing this. And I think it was 1989. And I came to work one day and I noticed I was low men on the totem pole. I, they were literally had my name on the board at the bottom. Um, and I knew that I had gone to two years of college. Uh, I was upset. And matter of fact, some of the guys who were higher up on the board, uh, I had to help them. I had more uh, tech knowledge. Okay. I was actually a really sharp tech. I also already had wiring experience before I got into air conditioning. I knew I was a sharp, skilled technician. Why is my name at the bottom? That's where it started. You know, why am I not valued? And the, the boss is very straight up because your numbers are low. And I'm like, it doesn't have to do it with anything. I, I'm better than you. I had to help that guy get some of his job. Of course, my boss interrupted me. He said, has everything to do with it. And that's when I, you know, I, again, I left disgruntled. I was like, again, if I want to sell stuff, I'd work at a car dealership. But ultimately, I wound up talking to the guy at the top of the board and found out how much money that guy was making. And fortunately, he had similar ethics that I have. I'm not going to screw people. I'm not going to rip people off or sabotage people, okay? It's just not who I am. So I had to find ways to sell and recommend without being dishonest. That Back in those days, guys, that was difficult. Today, 2022, technicians have a much better advantage. Products are literally built to fail. They literally are. Air conditioners are literally wear dated. Their target is, what is it now, 16 years? Uh, I mean, not, I mean, we've certainly seen some less than that, but that's probably a fair average. Yeah, it might not even be 16 years anymore, but they, they, they really don't want them to last much past warranty. So if it's over 10 years old, it's worn out. It wasn't like that back then. Uh, I don't know if some of these guys know this. Uh, I found this out because I, I dig in that way. <clears throat> you know, capacitors are actually made of a dielectrol that uh, decays. It literally expires. That is the answer to the EPA, how we made them environmentally friendly. Supposedly, the old dielectrol and capacitors that never, ever wore out, uh, back in the day, they did not wear out. You'd take them off 30-year-old units, and they were still, not only did they were they still good, they, they held a charge. Um, supposedly, that got into the groundwater, and, you know, whether you believe that or not, that's what the EPA said. So, the, the manufacturers had to come up with a dielectrol that expires in roughly five years. So, Literally, capacitors can go bad just sitting on the shelf at the car's house. That's one example. Also, if you look at a 30-year-old unit, the contactor's huge. You've got a contactor with points almost the size of a dime. Uh, the coil's large. Today's contactors are these tiny little things with uh, pinpoint-sized terms. You know, they're not meant to last a long time. To shorten the story, parts are meant to break on today's air conditioners. You know they're going to fail. Parts like a contactor, it is, you're, you're not um, compromising your ethics by saying to your customers, hey, everything is working fine right now in this system, but uh, there are some parts that, that do wear. you got a contactor opening and closing constantly all day, every day, and the points get burned and pitted. There's a little brown on the coil. It works now, but 
it will be going out. When, I don't know. Uh, however, I can change that now for 10% less. Or if you prefer, you can wait till it fails and call me. And if you deliver that properly, you're not lying. You're not sabotaging. You're not compromising your ethics. You're being 100% honest. And the customer is able to choose. Now, if you've sold yourself to them as somebody they believe in, 80% of the time, they're going to pull the trigger and just go and have you do it. And that's what I mean by, uh, you, you know, the, the kids have it easier today. I say kids. Not everybody's going to be a kid that's listening to this. But there are where they parts now. That's the nice thing about it. You can make sales even on a fully functioning unit just by recommending wear items. Yeah, wear items. Wear items to me aren't even the easiest thing. The easiest thing is like, no matter where you're, you're in Texas, right? Yes. We're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I mean, no matter where you're at in the world, everybody who sleeps and eats and hangs out between the four walls of their home <laughs> wants cleaner air to breathe. Everybody. Yeah. They want cleaner water to drink and brush their teeth in. So, it's wear and tear items are an obvious one, you know, brake pads on the car, but I like yourself have, you know, tastes for a, a little bit finer things and more fun things and need that heated steering wheel. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if you show me upgrades, I'm actually more prone to buy something that I think is cool than to replace a wear item. Like, you know, if you say brake, your brake pads are at, you know, 50% and I say, well, where should I replace them? Well, max is 30%. I'll, I'll go, well, I'll come back in a month. But if you say, mm-hmm. I don't know, this will make my car stereo louder or what have you, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, in so, UV lights, I had a tech make $10,000 in one month on commissions. Once I just showed him the benefits of the UV light, uh, and this was the combo UV light, the Remy Halo style, um, he sold three out of four on every, you know, three out of four calls and 75%. Yeah. He killed it. And it was in December. Uh, but you know, we didn't even have the pandemic yet. Um, this was just flu season, but they kill cold and flu viruses among other things, make your house smell better, keep your system cleaner by not allowing any growth to grow. And he just simply presented the facts and he's a very likable guy and made himself a fortune. (laughs) And not one of those customers was dissatisfied. They knew what they were buying. Uh, he was telling you exactly what the manufacturer says it does. And uh, as simple as that, just mentioning it to people. Uh, we wound up having to get him a case for his own truck. <laughs> he couldn't keep them inside. Wow. And uh, that's why I would also say, you know, technicians, if you're not getting any kind of commission, ask for it. I, I actually, one job I had uh, years before I started my company, I had to ask my boss for commission. It made it a lot more challenging for me. It allowed me to make more money. It made the job more interesting, and uh, it'll it'll engage you into wanting to mention upgrades of items. Now, Gary, uh, back to your pool analogy, <clears throat> uh, where you know you were using the the discount uh, pool guy, the eighty nine dollar guy. Uh, before too long, we're going to start seeing the billboards, the flyers, the Facebook ads, and uh, the postcards in the mail. Uh, for, you know, $49 AC tune-up, $39 AC tune-up, $19 AC tune-up. Um, how can we prepare now for that type of onslaught? And how do we differentiate ourselves like that $189 pool guy did to you? 
You know, that is always a tough one because uh, we are in that world. And I hear there's some guys in Arizona battling large companies that are offering free tune-ups. And I got to tell you right there, there's no value in free. You know, there's just not. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you are an owner or you work for somebody offering anything free, don't do free. Come down to 19 bucks, if anything, but free has no value. So we all battle that. Uh, you know, and, and here's what I see. 40% of the people shop on price alone, and they're not our customer, right? You need to focus on the 60% that don't shop on price alone. And I'm one of those. Uh, yeah, I got Mr. 89 guy uh, started, but you know what? I, I didn't know pricing. I was cleaning my pool myself before him. So the way I looked at it, I was spending 60 bucks a, a, a month on uh, chemicals, and this guy only wants 89 That's only $30 more? Okay, let's do it. I quickly found out there's no value in this cheap guy. My pool still turned green. Sometimes he didn't even show up. Uh, the, the time that broke the, the, the deal with me was I had a pool party the next day, and he was supposed to come on Friday, and I came home from work and my pool was green. Excuse me, I came home on Thursday and my pool was green. I had to take Friday off to get my pool as clear as I could for my big, huge event, you know, on Saturday. And yeah, I was, I was pretty upset with the guy. I didn't even bother to call him and tell him I was, I, I I think I just called him and said, I'm not going to use you anymore. And of course got his voicemail. And, uh, I called uh, the pool company I use now. And, uh, I was really in search of, uh, a value, not a price, a pool clean that's going to do me right for not too much money. And so uh, I make things a long story, fellas. I'm sorry to battle them. It's you really can't, they're out there. Okay. But just remember this, there's a couple of uh, statistic guys out there that have shown me this and I found it to be accurate. Again, 40% of the people shop on price alone. Just forget about them. They're not your customer. Maybe they will be one day after they get burned by a few of these cheap guys, okay? Uh, it's the other 60% we got to focus on. Don't come, don't try to battle those low prices. Do what you do and do it well. Amen to that. Uh, that's certainly uh, kind of the, the ideal that we take here. Um, uh, a, a while ago, we made the decision to really step away from the whole discount entity and to stick with who we are. And, you know, we're not, we're not trying to be the bottom dollar guys. In fact, we're trying to be basically the opposite of that. We, we don't want to be the Fiat. We want to be the Ferrari. And as, as such goes, uh, people who like Ferraris will spend Ferrari money, and, and that's what we're comfortable being. Hey, Suntan Pools has now kept my business for 10 years, and I don't even look at the bill. Bingo. There you go. You know, I'm, I'm a 60% customer, right? Yeah, uh, and they, and they the, just got their name dropped on a podcast. We're like, <laughs> we're like 25 people right. are going to hear <laughs> That's right. Well, they deserve it, man. They've earned it. They, they do a good job. And I'm telling you what, this year, Christmas Eve was uh, December 24th, Friday. It was on a Friday. And it was, it, it was raining. And the guy showed up. Nice. <laughs> Christmas <is>. Eve. <laughs> I mean, he's like the old U.S. postman. No rain, no sleet, no, no holiday, nothing. They, they don't miss a day. They're there every day at the same time. And that's what customers want. And you can't do that for cheap. You know, uh, they've got a small profit built into their pool service. But again, that's, that's just a drop in the bucket. It's their recommending things that's keeping me going. 
sure enough, my Polaris did have bad tires. Sure enough, I did have a leak on that seal. You know, whatever it is that they keep fixed, I never have a broken pool. It's always running. It's always blue. And our customers are just always wanting their house cooler warm. They don't want to have to deal with uh, take, taking a shower and getting out into a 100-degree, uh, you know, house or whatever, you know, 100 the house will be hundred, but you know, a hot house and trying to get dressed and getting sweat <laughs> yeah. or waking up and freezing their tail off or whatever the case may be. It's worth it to them to pay a reputable company. That's going to do things right and keep them online. And God forbid something does happen. Boom, call them. And they're there in a couple of hours, you know, not well, when my hangover has gone, I'll be there. You know, that's what I was dealing with with this old pool guy. Uh, sometimes he wouldn't even answer, you know, uh, your company that charges a little more for their tune up, you should be able to get a live person and get on their books that day if you're a maintenance customer. And you can't do that for 49 bucks. You're yeah. speaking you're speaking our love language here, man. <laughs> I love what you said about yeah. the, they provide a high-level service. They come out on Christmas Eve, regardless of the weather, and you can't do that for yeah. cheap. No, sir. Yeah, and that's the kind of tech you want to be. You're, you're going to be, uh, uh, um, you know, if you're striving to be that kind of tech, if you're like I was and stuck at a bad company, it didn't last long. That next spring, you know, I went and took a, a, an aptitude test. They didn't really have any other kind, just a written test. And I, I ate that thing, you know. I was a sharp tech. Uh, and I just learned my selling ability. And I, I showed them uh, what I could sell. Back then, guys, we only had a few things we could sell. A hard start kit was a big one for me. I think I made my winner one year selling hard start kits because that's a part most units didn't have and they could all benefit from. And so I could consciously sell those to people all day long, knowing they're going to gain some benefit from it. Um, and I learned a, a great pitch. I started with that one part. I, I honed my pitch down to where they couldn't say no. I even had people that couldn't afford it say, you know, I don't have the money for that. I got to pay my electric bill and I, I don't even have that, but I want that part, right. <laughs> you know, and it went on from there. There's so many more nowadays. We didn't even have IAQ back then. Uh, the float switches were new and hard start kits. And that was about it on air conditioners. Uh, Honeywell also made some valves back then that leaked that the old standing pilot valves. I didn't mean to trash Honeywell's name on the podcast here. Honeywell's a great product. I absolutely love them. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the truth is when those valves got older, they all seeped a little gas. And, uh, on the, on the heating side, I just simply showed people that it did. And the new ones didn't, you know? Uh, and so again, I'm, am I suggestive selling? Am I sabotaging? Am I screwing customers? No, no, you don't have to change this out, but I'll show you right here with my leak detector that it's leaking. And, uh, I'm just giving you some examples, guys, of things that, that I had to start out on. But in today's world, if I was doing, starting as a new tech all over, I would ask my employer, first of all, if I don't have some kind of commission structure, give me one, please. Can we, can we implement me a commission structure? Um, and then give me brochures for everything we got and let me come up with my own pitch. Yes, you do want to follow the process. There's no question about it. Our process allows a little flexibility of, of how a technician builds rapport with the customer. We don't tell them how to do that. We tell them, we give them suggestions, but our structure is where to park your truck, where to lay out our logo card, you know, put your booties on, how to greet them how to present options. You know, that's our process. But there's a big gap in that says, uh, you know, how much time you spend with them and getting to know them and making them comfortable with you 
I don't think that's a process because everybody's different. Every tech's different. Every customer's different. Some customers may have a busy life and don't want you to spend half a day at their home. Other people may be retired and lonely and may want you there half a day at their home. So I think some of that is adjusted on the fly. And that's just reading your customer. You can get inside their home and look around it and speak with them for a few minutes and usually learn a lot about them. If they're a busy executive, get to the bullet points of what they need kind of quicker, you know. And if they're not, if they're more at the retirement age, um, you know, yeah, they probably don't talk to as many people. They might in, enjoy a little bit of uh, light banter conversation. But again, that's just getting to know your customer and making them comfortable with you and selling yourself. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to leave that, uh, I, I don't know, I guess personality gap, for lack of a better term, in the presentation training where um, allow that technician to fill in who they are as a person to connect with the people they're serving. Like, here's our process, but in terms of becoming friends with a person, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Well, Gary, this time has absolutely flown by. And wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get too far, what are you currently driving, Gary? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nate going Nate gonna to bring it in for a landing. Driving, I'm driving the truck. I, I almost, yes, I have a Ferrari. I treated myself this year. I didn't oh, drive it today. Yeah, buddy. What model? Uh, I have a GT California uh, hardtop convertible. Nice. Nice. What color? Uh, it's white. All right. All right. That's zero the, to sixty, and I think it's three point two seconds. That's the front it's engine rocket, one. It's a rocket, man. Whew. Do what? That's the front engine one, right? Oh yeah, it, it and it's fun. It is a. Uh, it'll take a corner at forty. It's so much fun, but I didn't drive it today, guys. I hate to disappoint. I'm just in the in the work truck today. That's all right, buddy. You got to pretend you still work for a living. I get it. <laughs> well, Gary, it's actually an interesting segue. And as we bring things in for a landing here, I want, I want a Ferrari. Everybody listening to this podcast wants a Ferrari. And if it's not a Ferrari, it, it rhymes with Lamborghini or something like that, right? <laughs> we're, we're all striving for that. Um, or maybe it's not a car. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a 401k with, you know, half a million dollars in it. That's what we're all shooting for here, right? And, and yep, you, you, got right. There. You, know, you, you got and, there. You know, you got there. So. Help me understand. Guys, I've mentioned, I've mentioned college, but, you know, technically, I don't want to tell this to everybody because I, I do endorse college. I plan on sending my daughters. But, guys, I'm technically a high school dropout. I did drop out of high school. When I say I went to college, I went to community college. To Number one, I had a teacher for a mother. Okay, so I finished my high school diploma at TCC College and then branched from there to air conditioning. So, um kids coming out of school i was a high school dropout and yeah got an exotic car now life is good the trades can take you a very long way very long way so this is a great podcast especially for if you're still in trade school you know go back and listen to this again uh, you know the the, uh, the 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 limits excuse me the uh the future is unlimited the possibilities are limitless so I wanted to throw that out there for uh, any junior tech that might be listening. Absolutely. That's what we're shooting for. And Gary, I mean, as you've kind of experienced life in your own and you've seen other people grow up beside you in the trades and, and now you're on the flip side of it, kind of training back down. Is there ever a time that's too late to start improving yourself? No, no, I still read self help books 
to this day. Uh, I'm still learning about, uh, uh, well, I'm learning at the other end of it. I'm trying to learn to become a better speaker. So thank you, Brian and Nate, for having me on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm due to be a, a speaker at a uh, better, best trades uh, practice group in Florida um, in April. Which and one? So, uh, it's Service Nation Alliance. It's the Barefoot Roundtable, and I got invited to speak there. And so, you know, for years I've just been speaking in front of my company, which you know, thirty years, some odd people, maybe around forty uh, people for a while, and you know, that's a small group, and they all know me. Now, uh, with our merger, we're about one hundred and fifty people here in the Metroplex. And, you know, I'm going in front of bigger groups and now I'm starting to speak at best practices. So that's made it a long story. Sorry, guys. That's what I'm learning now, how to become a better speaker, you know, uh, how to shorten my stories. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to shorten them. They just have to be impactful. So far, so good, buddy. There you go. Well, Gary, this has been great information today as we've kind of gone everywhere from how to succeed to what it takes to be in the home to how to recognize the value of yourself and not undercut yourself on price. As you look back over all the things that you've learned and if you could kind of summarize what is, what is the one thing that most people overlook when they're trying to do it successfully in this business? I'd probably say confidence, self-confidence. You got this just, you know, try your best. I, I think guys get defeated if they can't make a sale one time or they uh, don't get a promotion or something. The world is waiting for you to assume positions. Somebody's got to be our next president. Somebody's got to be our next CEO. Somebody needs to open the next company that's going to fill in for the one that sold or closed. So uh, confidence, self-confidence is probably the one thing I think we, we all need to remind ourselves, we got this. You know, just do it. Take the steps and you'll get there. Good advice to end on. Uh, Gary Singleton, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. If anybody would like to get connected with you, um, either personally or perhaps through what you're doing on the training aspect, where's the best way to find you? Well, I'm on Facebook. Just my name, Gary Singleton. Um, It's probably the easiest way. I'm on Instagram, too, under Dr. Singleton. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. And, uh, you know, if you want to share my number with some of those guys, my cell phone, that's fine too. I don't know if I want to give it out. I don't know how many people are listening, but you know, if they contact Brian or Nate, uh, they got my cell phone number. I'm always happy to help. Excellent. Hey Gary, send me a pic of that, um, Ferrari of yours and I'll post it in the waste no day Facebook group. If you don't mind. Yeah. Here's the cool part. My wife's car is in there too. It's a Range Rover and my daughter's BMW is in there too. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just having a three car garage is a cool part. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'll shoot it to you. I grew up in a one bedroom apartment in Detroit. So three car garage is where it's at. I'm telling you, brother. I understand. I didn't grow up rich either, man. It's uh, The trades will take you there though, guys. So. Awesome, Gary. It's been a privilege to have you on. Thanks so much for what you're doing, for what you've done in the industry, showing us what is possible and giving back. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Gary. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you, guys. Take care. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast with Gary Singleton. It was a privilege to hear from a guy who made uh, made it sound so easy. I mean, going from 
you know, high school dropout to driving a Ferrari and all because of the trades. It's a refreshing reminder of what is possible in this industry and what is possible for you, which is really the exciting piece. One of those things that we were talking about this episode is not wasting the off season. Whether you're a plumber, electrician, or an HVAC tech, you know you're going to have times of slower periods, whether it's right now or when you're listening to this or sometime in the near future. Don't waste that time by just sitting there and kind of resting or taking it lazy or uh, you know just not even focusing. Take the time to develop what you need to be focusing on in that training season and begin implementing the plan to execute on it. That way, when you get to that spring training, when you get to that real season, when you get to that first game, you hit the ground running and you're ready to crush it. That's what we're looking to do here at the Waste No Day podcast. That's what we want to challenge you in this new year to choose to every single day to make yourself better, to choose every single day to find something new, a new rung on the ladder, a new step to take, and to choose every single day to wake up and waste no day. 